We're going to be in the book of Romans, chapter 1 this morning. Going to look at two verses. I'm thankful for God's word. I'm thankful for his word in good times. I'm thankful for his word in bad times, right? In times of celebration, celebrating saved, uh, times of grief and everything in between. I'm glad we've got a book that helps us no matter what we're going to encounter. And I'm thankful that not only does it tell us how to be saved, that's important, right? I mean, it, uh, I want to know what God, how to be saved. And well, number one, it shows you that you're lost. And that's uh, a big thing of what the beginning of the book of Romans does, but shows you how to be saved, but also shows you how to live a Christian life after that. Shows you what God expects of our life. Uh, I'm glad we don't have to guess today, aren't you? Yeah. I'm glad we don't have to, uh, you know, dream something up, guess, uh, come up with a committee, start our own religion or whatever. We have got a Bible uh, for every day of our life, and I'm thankful for it. But Romans chapter 1, uh, just two verses, uh, 16 and 17, says this, uh, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Lord, we thank you so much for your word this morning. Lord, we thank you for blessing us in songs and testimonies, Lord, and richly blessing us last week. But Lord, uh, we know your mercies are new every morning. And Lord, we just pray that you'd be with us today. Lord, help us in this uh, just two verses, but they, they have so much in them. Lord, help us to live according to your will. Lord, if there's any lost, I pray that they'd come to know you before it's too late. And Lord, help us to live by faith every day of our lives. Lord, help me to preach, help us to hear, and in Jesus' name we pray, and amen. amen. Verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul, uh, he has a, he's writing to the church at Rome, he has not been there yet. Uh, he wants to go there, and uh, that's kind of the first handful of verses. And because he hasn't been there, he kind of gives a little bit of a greeting of who he is. Uh, I'm sure they know who he is, but just to make sure. And uh, as he's going through this introduction of kind of saying what he does, he comes to this verse 16 where he makes a declaration. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ and if you haven't realized it yet, there is a strong pressure in this world, right? There is a strong force of this world that wants us to be ashamed to be a Christian. Have you felt that before? Have you felt this world wanting us to be ashamed, wanting us uh, to be embarrassed, uh, to wanting us to be quiet because we associate ourselves with Jesus Christ? And not any Jesus Christ, but the one that's uh, talked about in the Bible, that Jesus, the one that's alive, the real one, not the made up Jesus. You know, Paul had traveled to many places. He was very well educated. Uh, he had encountered many beliefs, you know, from Roman gods to uh, Greek ideas and everything in between. But everywhere he went, what did Paul do? We see over and over again, he shared the gospel. Didn't matter if it was a slave. We talked about Onesimus a couple weeks ago, or it doesn't matter who it was. He is always sharing the gospel. And do you realize this world is backwards? Amen. What do they do? They promote sin. They should be, this world should be embarrassed by their sins. They're not. 
right? They promote it. They're proud of it. They, they wear it as a label. A lot of them do. It's their sin. And that's who they define themselves as whatever sin they're living by. They should be ashamed of it, but it's flipped around. This world is backwards. We should be proud to be Christian. We should be excited that we're saved by Jesus Christ. But this world wants us to be embarrassed and wants uh, uh, them that are living in sin, living against God to be the ones that you should be proud of. We've got to resist, right? We've got to resist. We've got to push back against this world and boldly proclaim the truth. Why? Because souls are hanging in the balance each and every day. uh, And uh, this fight will never be easy. It was not for Paul. It's not going to be easy for us today. Amen. He, uh, Paul had to go through a lot of things. We're not all going to face the same trials, but we are going to face pushback whenever we talk about the real Jesus. Whenever we talk about what the Bible truth says, we are going to face pushback. But Paul said, I'm not ashamed. And we've got to do that too. But it can't just come from our lips. It's got to come from our life. Why should, why was Paul not ashamed? Why should we not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? He says, for it is the power of God unto salvation, right? What are people really looking for today? What do they want? They want something real, don't they? They want something real, something that'll really make a difference. And in effect, really what they want is something with some power behind it, right? There's a lot of things that this world says is powerful that really does nothing. Amen. Uh, there's a lot of things. In fact, uh, I, I always, uh, I, I guess not funny, but I always thought it was unusual that there are certain people, they can, uh, they'll do this with studies and different things, testing new medication. They'll tell somebody that this is a new medication we're testing on you to try to treat what you have. And in all reality, it's nothing. The pill will do nothing, but they think it'll do something. They'll take that pill and it'll start to it'll start to change their body. Why? Because this world wants something real, don't they? In their mind, they've conjured up. They want something real. And guess what? There's powerful. uh, 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 Like I said, there's powers are going in, in this world of darkness. But for something that's truth and light, this world is powerless. And you think about even medications, what are they doing anyway? They're treating symptoms and not the problem, right? They're they're saying, man, I don't feel good. Well, I don't feel good because I'm sinning against the God who created this universe. You shouldn't feel good. But guess what? There's a gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. That he came to this earth. He died for sinners. Right on the cross voluntarily and he didn't stay dead. But on the third day he rose again all according to scriptures. And there is power in that gospel that's real. Amen. We're sitting amongst a group of people that we can look around and say that that power is a real power. It's not the fake power, uh, the fake pill power. It's not the power we dreamt up in our head. It's real. Amen. It changes lives. Maybe you've forgotten. Do you remember when you were a sinner? You know, not everyone was saved at a young age. Some were saved in their adult lives. Some had lived uh, hard lives. Do you remember the powerful forces of darkness? Do you remember that? That hold you down? That drove you towards sin? How many were so deep in certain addictions that you couldn't break free? And then in an instant, 
The power of God broke those things. This world can't do that. They try, but they can't. What the Bible calls the bondage of slavery of sin is so strong that we can't break it ourselves. But aren't you glad the Bible talks about a stronger than he, that's Jesus Christ, can come right in, break the chains, and give a new life. That's why we shouldn't be ashamed. This world should be ashamed for how they are trying to fix people that aren't really fixing people. Amen? They should be ashamed of that. They should be ashamed of when someone says, I don't think I'm a boy, I think I'm a girl. Well, let me pump you full of drugs and try to turn you into something else that you weren't. And then they turn around and then they regret it later or they take their own life or something. The world should be ashamed of that. They caused that. And everything else in between. But the problem is the world wants us to be ashamed. But guess what? That power, Romans 8, 11, I love this. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, which the answer for us as Christians is yes, it does. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Basically, it's saying the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us. Amen. That's what he's saying. That same Holy Spirit and that power is attached to the gospel of Jesus Christ because here's the thing if Jesus never rose from the dead there'd be no power amen how many other religious so-called leaders prophets everything else whatever they want to call themselves have risen and died over the years their religion their books may still be there but there's no power there right they're gone they're dead but Jesus isn't dead there's a real power there And we have that power. We have the ability to tap into that. When the world asks why they should turn to Jesus, why should we trust him? We've got a simple answer. He's alive. Amen. He's alive. He's the only one that escaped death. You know, the tomb is empty today. They may not be able to find the exact one, uh, but that's okay. It's empty today. And you go back to that resurrection morning. They had the Roman guards guarding it. But guess what? The guards couldn't stop it, right? They, they put a seal on that stu- the, the door, the stone that covered the tomb that had the power and authority of the Roman emperor. That seal couldn't stop him, right? They had the Jewish leaders that wanted him to stay in there. They wanted him dead. That way they could get rid of every problem they thought they had by killing Jesus and getting rid of him. But guess what? The Jewish leaders could couldn't keep him to stay dead either. I'll go all the way to death itself. Death itself has kept every man so far and every woman through the history because of sin, right? Because the wages of death is sin. And all the way up until Jesus Christ, death could hold on to everyone and couldn't and would not let go until Jesus. And on that third day, not even death could hold on to Jesus Christ. Death, where is your victory? Amen. Where's the sting? It's gone. Praise God for that. This world wants something real. And we've got it. And it's through Jesus Christ. But that's the story the devil wants us to be ashamed of. Amen. That's what he wants us to be silent about. But we can't. We've got to spread the truth of the gospel of every Je- of Jesus Christ. And then finally in verse 16. 
for it is the power unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Aren't you glad salvation is available to everyone that believeth? No exclusions, uh, no certain parties, no certain races, no time periods. The gospel has no limitations. In fact, it's available to everybody that will put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Everybody. Acts 2.21, Peter's sermon at Pentecost. He said this, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Guess what Paul, uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit, in chapter 10 of Romans in verse 13, uh, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you go all the way to the last page of your Bible, Revelation 22.17, and the Spirit and the bride say come, and let him that heareth say come, and let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Every invitation in the Bible is to whoever will believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. That's amazing. And the last invitations from the Holy Spirit and the church. Did you see that? It said, and the Spirit, capital S, and the bride, both together, say come. That's what we're doing today. We got the Holy Spirit inside of us as Christians. And what are we doing? We're compelling them to come to Jesus Christ all the way to the end, urging them people to come and take the free gift of salvation. If you have never called on Jesus for, to forgive your sins, you're not saved today. I don't have time to go into it, but it, I mean, the Bible is clear. It's not of works. Right? It's not uh, lest any man should boast. Uh, there's no, uh, you don't have to go through all these rituals and everything else. The key is number one, the gospel, the real Jesus Christ, why he came, and he came to save sinners. And in order to save a sinner, you have to be a sinner. And once you'll admit that and get ready to turn, and the Holy Spirit touches your heart, then the decision's up to you. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead. Well, that's great. The devils believe and tremble too. But what are you going to do about it? Have you ever called on Jesus' name? Maybe you don't know the date and time, but have you ever done that before? If the answer is no, you're not saved. Not according to how the Bible says it. You need to be. Come to Jesus. He'll forgive you of your sins. Not only that, he'll give you a new life. Amen? Hey, see, the old life was one that's headed to hell. The same hell that was uh, uh, created for the devil and his angels. In fact, if anyone goes to hell, they'll be with the devil. But I don't want to go there. And I don't have to go there because Jesus saved my soul. Praise God, because I called on his name. And that's what he's saying. Come. And then it says to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And people say, well, what does that mean? Well, it's pretty simple. The gospel went to the Jews first. Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, to the Jews. And many, many were saved that day. And then you skip over to Acts chapter 10. Right? Remember when Jesus gave Peter the keys to the kingdom? And people say, well, that's the same keys the Pope has. No. He used the first key. In Acts chapter 2 to unlock the gospel uh, to the Jews. And then in Acts chapter 10, he's on the rooftop. He gets a vision and he goes to Cornelius. 
And that's the Gentiles, and that's the next key in Acts chapter 10. Uh, Peter preaches to the Gentiles, and a bunch are saved that day. And once he opened those doors, the floodgate opens, and guess what? We're here because the gospel has been preached to Jews, to Gentiles, throughout all the world, and it's still being preached today. Amen. That right there should show you it's the power of God. Because who would continue to preach this gospel that the world hates if it weren't for the power of God? If it didn't really change lives? I'm glad we have the real power, the real gospel, and we don't have to be ashamed, and it's available for every single one. But now let's get to verse 17. For therein, because of this, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. The righteousness of God, what is that? Living according to God's word and God's will. And basically it's the opposite of sinning against God. Doing what God wants instead of being against God. That's what the righteousness of God is. And guess what? I, I hope you figured it out by now. If you're a Christian, we can't live righteously without God. It is not in our nature. It does not come naturally. Unfortunately, uh, these minds, these bodies, what do they want to do? They want to do what God says not to do. It's natural. But aren't you glad we've got the Holy Spirit inside of us? But you're saying, well, Mike, I, I think I can live a life free from sin or I don't think I've sinned or anything else. Well, the Bible tells you plain and simple. First John 1 8, if we say that we have no sin. So if you're saying you're perfect, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Skip over to verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. I'm telling you what, I think it's pretty clear. We're sinners. The only way you can get your sins forgiven is through Jesus Christ. And the only way you can get uh, approach Jesus Christ is one way, and that is through faith. Amen? That's the only way. We can't work our way to heaven, but we can believe our way to heaven. Amen? And you're thinking, well, Mike, what do, what do you mean faith? Why does it take faith? Listen, none of us were here when Jesus walked on this earth. We didn't hear him teach. We didn't hear him speak. We didn't watch him do miracles. We didn't see him be hung on the cross. We didn't hear what he said on the cross. Amen. We weren't there. We didn't see him put in the tomb. We didn't see him raised on the third day. We didn't see any of that. But guess what? We've got a Bible. But here's the other problem. How do you know this is right? Right? That's what the world says. This is full of errors. The originals we don't have are the only good ones, right? That's just an excuse. Guess what I say? I believe. I believe even though I wasn't there, Jesus died. I believe he was born of a virgin. I believe he rose on the third day. I believe each and every page, each and every verse, each and every letter of this Bible is pure and preserved and error-free. But I can't give you the evidence. Amen? This is what people want. They want every stitch of evidence. They want every bit of proof. Right? What does every courtroom want now? They want video of everything. I can't give you the video for this. I can't give you all the evidence for that. It takes faith. It, it takes belief. 
That's what he's saying right here. You see what he's saying? For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith. If you were saved, it was by faith. Hebrews 11.1. 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That is the missing link. The, the, the evidence we're missing, everything we don't have, is filled in the blank by faith. Right? Remember what I said. I can point around this room and show you people that have been changed by Jesus Christ. But you still have to believe it. Right? You still have to believe it. I can show you my life has been changed, but if you don't know my life before, and even if you do, you say, Mike, you're only nine, you could have been bad. But it doesn't matter how good or bad I was. I sinned against God. And it takes faith. It took faith for me. It took faith for all of us. And this is what we shouldn't be ashamed about. But then, not only, he says, for the righteousness of God revealed from faith, that's salvation, and then he goes to faith. Well, now wait a second. If I'm saved by faith, what happens after that, right? What happens after I'm saved? I got saved by faith. And then he says to faith. And then he explains it. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. You know what that means? Our faith does not stop once we're saved. Faith is what got us. To Jesus Christ. And God a new relationship with him. Faith saved us. But faith is what we need to live. Each and every day of our lives. Hebrews chapter 11. You guys know I love this chapter. You know I mean, I memorized it. I love it. But it gives example after example. Of faith. In the Old Testament. Right? What happened? Noah. Remember? By faith. What did he do? He was warned of God. Of things not seen as yet, right? They, there was a flood coming and it had never rained. Judgment was coming against the earth and God told Noah to build that ark. And by faith, he did that. Every day, for 100, 120 years, he worked on that ark. Some days took more faith than others. Amen? Amen? Some days take more faith than others. But he did it continually. Live by faith. Abraham, same thing. Called to leave his country, his kindred, right? To go to a place. The Bible calls a strange place. He didn't know. What did he do? He picked up and he left. Now he wasn't perfect. As soon as he got there, trouble came and he left, right? That's what we do, right? We get to where God wants us to do, wants us to be. Oh, little trouble's coming. I step back. I'll be back in a minute, God, when things cool off. Right? From faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. Moses, what did he do? He was born, he was, uh, he was born and then made his way uh, from the ark. He was saved when he should have been killed. And then he was, grew up in Pharaoh's home. Uh, uh, but the Bible says that he forsook that. He left the pleasures of Egypt. He would have probably been the next ruler of Pharaoh of Egypt if he'd have grown up. Uh, we don't know, but he probably would have, or at least been high up. He would have lived a life uh, in opulence and been cared for in the palace and everything else. But he chose to leave that and spent 40 years uh, uh, herding sheep out in the wilderness in the desert. Why? Because the Bible says by faith, he saw that it was only the pleasures of sin for a season. 
said, I want to I want to do what God's told me to do. And eventually God calls him to go back to Egypt and set the Jews free through the power of God. So what did they do? They all took what they knew about God. And for each one is different levels, right? Adam knew less than Noah knew about God, right? Noah knew less than Abraham knew about God. We know a whole lot more about any of them knew about God. But it's not how much. It's are you trusting God with what he's told you, with what he's given you. That's what faith is. The just shall live by faith. <clears throat> but here's the question. We see the just shall live by faith in the Bible. We see all the examples of it. But what does that mean to you and I? What does it mean for the just? What does it mean for I, me and you? What does it mean for us to live by faith? Because the question is, what are you living by today? When you're looking at your life, if you're saved today, what are you living by? Some Christians are living by feelings. Right? As long as it feels good, God must be okay with it. That's not faith. If it felt good all the time, that would be all the evidence you'd ever need. There'd be no missing evidence. There'd be no need for faith. It's not faith. David felt real good after he married Bathsheba. But God was angry with him. Amen? Some Christians live by circumstances. Maybe not feelings, but as long as everything in my life is working out, right? As long as I have the time, as long as the money's there, as long as everything's, uh, all the planets are aligned, all the doors are opened, I've got no, no speed bumps, nothing wrong, then I'll do what God wants me to do. That's not faith either. That's not faith. What's missing? What's missing? I've said it before with money because, you know, I, I spent a career in banking. You know, people, uh, when you talk about building like a big building project and, uh, you know, they say like, well, uh, we already have enough money to do it. We'll just write a check. Oh, well, that's not faith. I, I, I don't know exactly how it happens, but I can tell you they move money from one place to another, one account to another, and then it's done. That's not faith. Some Christians live by what they have. I kind of got into this one already. As long as I have it, I'll give it, right? As long as I have the energy, the time, the resources, I'll give it. What are you trusting God for? You already got it. Hebrews eleven six. but without faith is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So here's my question. What are you doing today for the Lord? And whatever that thing or things is, is it taking faith for you to do it? Amen? Do you have everything you need? Or is it taking faith to do it today? Remember, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I was praying about this, and I was kind of working through things this morning to finish it up. And I, I, I was, the Lord gave me a good test for whether we're living by faith or not. And this one hit me pretty hard. So if the question is, if what I'm doing is by faith or not, how do I test that? Because it's easy to say yes. What are you praying for? What are you praying for? Because if I'm missing it and I need the Lord to supply it, 
The only way I can get that is if I pray for it. Amen? He said, if you're not praying for it, you're not needing it from me because you're not getting it. You have, you have not because you asked not. You're not getting it from me if you're not praying. So you must be working on what you have and not be working on what I have to give you. So it's not faith. Right? No different than writing the check for the money you already have. It's not faith. I think we've been doing a lot of that, haven't we? Writing checks, not even financially, but just writing checks spiritually with what we've already got. Lord, I'll give you what I have. But he's like, no. I want you to I want you to do more than what you have. Because I want you to rely on what I have to do it. What are we doing by faith? And here's the other test. Is what we're doing God's will or my will? Because maybe you're praying. Maybe you've got things that, you know, he's filling in what you don't have. But then you're doing your own will. That's still not where he wants. That's not the just living by faith. That's you deciding your own path. Amen. And then if you're living by faith today, make sure you live by faith tomorrow. Because it's every day. Right? Noah is a, he's a great example. Long term, huge span of his life. He had to every day decide. Am I working on the ark today or not? Right? Am I doing what it takes today or not? You and I have the same thing. The just shall live by faith. Because here's the thing. This world will give you offer after offer to trade in living by faith, walking by faith for something else every day. But there is a finish line. Amen? Amen. I have been, uh, you guys know this, uh, you probably know this. I've been working on the book of Jude. I'm almost done memorizing it. I've gotten to the last section and I was just thinking about these last two verses in the book of Jude. Listen to what this says. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Look at verse 24 again. Listen to this. Now unto him, that's Jesus, who's able to keep you from falling. I tell you what, if it wasn't for Jesus, I would have fallen many times and would fall before the end of today. He's able to keep you and to present you faultless. I know I'm saved today. But sometimes I don't always remember the fact that my sins are totally forgiven because I see how much I mess up and how much I fall short of God. But aren't you glad that one day Jesus Christ is going to usher me and you into heaven that are saved. And it says he's going to present us before God the Father. This is my son right here. This is him. I died for him with exceeding joy. I don't understand. I don't understand any of that. I deserve. Well, number one, I don't even deserve that. But if he's going to let me in, and he's going to let me to his throne, I deserve to come in the servant's side door, stand in the back, and just serve him. But that's not what the Bible says. 
He's going to present us. And there's other passages in the Bible that, that talk about the same thing. I don't understand it. But that same Jesus that we're going to stand before one day, he, we're going to give an account to him. He's going to present us. And that's the one that's asking us today. If you're saved by faith, if you're just, not because of your works, but because he justified us, you need to live by faith every day. Faith didn't end when you said amen and stood up from that prayer when he saved you. Faith continues the rest of your life. And I want to get to the end like Paul and say, I finished my course. Run the race. I've kept the faith. Right? Therefore is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Not to me only, but all those. Love is appearing. It's worth it today, church. Amen. What are we praying for? Because what we're not praying for is what we're doing ourselves. And what are we living for? Are we living for us or are we living for Jesus? And we should be walking by faith, unashamed, every day of our life. It's hard in this world. This world wants us to feel ashamed, to be silent, but we can't. There's greater things at stake, eternal things hanging in the balance, souls today. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing worth giving up a soul, not even one soul, because we've decided we don't want to do what God's told us we need to do. Read them again real quick before we close. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. To everyone that believeth. Not just Jews, but them first. And also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As, as it is written, the just shall live by faith.